0: the essence of marriage can be found in the first words spoken by humankind in the scriptures when adam says a hymn of love this one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh this one shall be called woman for out of her man this one has been taken that is why a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife and the two of them become one flesh. The essence of marriage, what it is, first derives from how God created humanity. This story in Genesis is not to be taken perfectly literal. The reason is there are both content and form that we are experiencing in reading and hearing this scripture. The content is the truth that God wants to convey to us. The form is the way the truth is being given in the scriptures, through language and symbols and images and literary style that express the content, the truth. The truth about God and how he relates to his creation is present in this epic story. The truth, we can believe, is God, who is creator, created all things from nothing. God's creation is not equal to himself, Not even his beloved humanity that is made in his own image is his equal. But as I said, God loves humanity. We heard it read, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a suitable partner for him. We can grasp here that God, who is love, as we know from the entire content of scriptures, creates as an act of love whether it is the entire universe, or in particular humanity, and its complementarity of man and woman, God creates as an act of love. And this makes his creation very personal to him, especially his beloved humanity. From God's plan of loving creation comes this complementarity of man and woman with a plan, a suitable partnership for them That is marriage. The rib taken from Adam within the form of this story can be understood as God taking from a part of Adam's life and clothed it with flesh, indicating that the woman Eve belongs to the human race and is complementary to the man as the story further indicates. And they both have equal dignity and responsibility as human beings and therefore they have equal dignity and responsibility within their marriage relationship. These two, man and woman, become one flesh, a total oneness in marriage made visible in both their union and the marital act. God has joined them together in this oneness, and therefore no person can separate it. Jesus is being questioned about this oneness of marriage. The Pharisees and Jesus are all aware of two schools of thought among rabbis that are both based on the law of Deuteronomy 24.1, attributed here to Moses about divorce. One rabbi, Shammai, said the acceptable grounds for divorce is unchastity or adultery, and therefore a man could write a bill of divorce to his wife if she was unchaste. The other rabbi, Hillel, interpreted it more loosely and said that a husband could divorce his wife for any failure he thought fit. In answering the Pharisees, Jesus appeals not to the law, but to God's intent. He says that divorce in the book of Deuteronomy was permitted because of the hardness of their hearts. Jesus goes back to the beginning of creation, appealing to God's given essence of marriage, and he tells them how God's intent for marriage is both sacred and and a binding union, therefore cannot be separated by any persons. It does not hinge on the rabbi's understanding and grounds, but what God has revealed from the beginning when he created humanity as an act of love and joined man and woman together in marriage, in oneness. The command that no person can separate them also places women on an equal footing. Referring back to the Genesis story, Jesus is also saying that both man and woman have equal dignity and responsibility as human beings and therefore within marriage as well. The double standard of men divorcing their wives under the Jewish law is not only a bad practice that disregards God's intent that there be no divorce, but it also reveals the lack of respect for the dignity of human beings by making women second-class citizens. Jesus reveals to them the equality and dignity of all humanity. Therefore, When he is later questioned regarding this equality issued, or this equality issue, and adultery, he states it is wrong for any person, man or woman, to commit adultery. In following, Christ has elevated the marriage covenant between a baptized man and a baptized woman to the dignity of a sacrament. The couple establishes between themselves a partnership Of the whole of life. It is by its nature, their marriage by its nature, is ordered toward the good of the spouses, towards their holiness and sacrificial love for one another and service to one another, and the procreation and education of their children. The marital act is both unitive and procreative. In finishing, I would like to quote from Amoris Laetitia, that means the joy of love, the 2015 Apostolic Exhortation. This was a synod of Bishops overseen by Pope Francis in 2015, and this document came from that. And these quotes are from paragraphs 242 to 243. But I encourage you to read the entire document Uh, to see the context of these two paragraphs, and it's available for free on the website at the Vatican. So in these paragraphs it reads, special discernment is indispensable for the pastoral care of those who are separated, divorced, or abandoned. Respect needs to be shown especially for the sufferings of those who have unjustly endured separation, divorce, or abandonment or those who have been forced by maltreatment from a husband or a wife to interpret their life, to interrupt their life together. And further down it reads, divorced people who have not remarried and often bear witness to marital fidelity ought to be encouraged to find in the Eucharist the nourishment they need. Moreover, the local community and pastors should accompany these with solicitude, particularly when children are involved or when they are in serious financial difficulty. And further down it reads that it is important that the divorced who have entered a new union should be made to feel part of the church since they remain part of the ecclesial community and to participate in the life of the community. The Christian community's care of such persons is not to be considered a weakening of its faith and testimony to the indissolubility of marriage. Rather, such care is a particular expression of its love.